Amen. Well, good morning. It's so good to be here with you all uh, in your living rooms, wherever you might be, maybe in your garden enjoying the sunshine. Uh, it's so great to be with you this morning. I've called my talk this morning, Do You Want Beautiful Feet? Um, when I was born, I had club feet, which meant that my feet were totally turned in. And I spent the first few years of my life in plaster casts. While my feet grew, the doctors tried to ensure that my legs grew straight and my feet grew straight. And uh, I would show you my feet now because they're pretty good, but I don't think that would be a particularly ladylike thing to do on camera this morning. Um, and then a few years ago, I happened to be at a church in Belfast, and a lady said to me, um, I feel like I've got a word from the Lord for you, and that is that you have beautiful feet because you bring the good news of Jesus wherever you go. And that was really powerful for me in two ways. Firstly, because I'd had years of not so beautiful feet where the doctors were trying to correct them, but also because I love sharing the good news of Jesus wherever I do go. We've been doing a series called Growing Up in Our Church and looking at what it looks like to be a mature follower of Jesus. And this week we're going to be looking at what it looks like to share our faith. So before we start, I just want to pray. I want to pray for myself and I want to pray for you that God would break your heart and God would break my heart for the people that are around me. So why don't you just join me uh, to pray? Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the many, many people who are surrounding each and every one of us. Not just me and my environment, not just Chuck and Taryn in their environment, not just Ben and his environment, but every single one of us. Lord, there are hundreds of people that we know that don't know you. Lord, this morning, would you break our heart for them? Lord, would you give us even just a little smidge of the heart that you have for them? And Lord, as a result of that, would you just propel us into a new way of doing life? We ask that in your mighty and precious name. Amen. Only a few weeks ago, we were celebrating Easter. We were celebrating the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And the passage that we're going to be looking at today comes from Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20, which happens just after that. So while you're finding that in your Bibles or while you're swiping to that on your phone, let me just uh, tell you a little bit about what happened just before the passage we're about to read. So both the Marys, Jesus had um, died. He was in the tomb. Both the Marys went to the tomb because they wanted to go and see uh, whether Jesus was there. And so they got to the tomb and there was an earthquake and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and said to them, uh, Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive. And so what you need to do is you need to go back to the disciples and you need to tell them to meet Jesus on a mountain in Galilee. So as the Marys were going back to tell the disciples, they actually met Jesus, who also said to them, make sure you tell the disciples to meet me on a mountain in Galilee. And that's where we pick up this passage today. So let's read Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely 
I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus had just come back to life. He met his disciples. And what did he tell them to do? He told them to go and make disciples. He told them to go and share the good news about Jesus. He told them to go and share their faith with the people around them. Anyone who knows me knows I love a little bit of grammar. I was a primary school teacher. My spelling is pretty atrocious, but my grammar is pretty good. And for those of you um, who would know a little bit about verbs, uh, there is a word here, the verb go. And you would be, um, it would be okay if you thought, you'd be forgiven for thinking that actually what he was saying was an imperative verb, was a bossy verb, was an instructional verb, therefore go. But actually, if you look at the Greek, the verb is actually the present participle going. So we could rephrase this slightly. Therefore, as you are going, make disciples of all nations. And so that's my first point. Jesus said to his disciples, as you are going. And Jesus says to us today, as you are going, make disciples. As you are going to work. As you are going with your friends, as you are waiting for your children on the playground, as you're completing your university degree, as you are at school, as you are playing football, make disciples. As I was preparing for today's sermon, I had spent a lot of time sitting at my computer. And most of you will realize that this week has been gloriously sunny. And I looked out of the window and thought, oh, I just want to go outside and enjoy the sunshine. In fact, I have a letter I need to post. It's just before the children come back from school. I'm going to have a break from my computer. And I'm going to go to the post box and post my letter. So I got out of the house, started walking down the street. And one of my neighbors stopped me. And she started chatting to me. And as the conversation continued, I realized that she was actually struggling. And so in that moment, I had a choice. Do I carry on and go to the post box and go and post my letter and then get back to be able to finish off my sermon before the children come back for school? Or do I allow myself to be interrupted and pray for this lady? And actually, in that moment, you can picture the scene. There were cars going around her car onto the pavement. And I was bending over, and I prayed for her through her car window. And she said to me, oh, when you finished, I just had a little bit of a tear in my eye there. Do you know, that is the Lord at work. As I was going to the post box, (laughs) as I allowed the Lord to interrupt me, Actually, I was able to share the good news of Jesus. And actually, as we look at the life of Jesus, we see that so many times he shared and uh, saw people's miracles and all sorts happening as he was going. And as he was going, he was prepared to be interrupted. Just look at Matthew 9. We read about the lady who'd been bleeding for years. Jesus was actually on his way to be um, he, raising the girl from the dead, the ruler's daughter who had died. And as he was on his way there, the lady touched his cloak and he said, your faith has healed you. Or what about in John 4, when he met the woman at the well? Jesus was on his way back from, Galilee, uh, from Judea to Galilee. And he encountered this woman. He told her everything that she had done in the past. And as a result, she ran back to tell people that she had met Jesus. Or what about in Luke 19, when Jesus was passing through Jericho and he met Zacchaeus. And he spent time with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus' life was totally transformed. 
You see, not only did it happen as Jesus was going from one place to another, but he was prepared to be interrupted. Church, I want to challenge you. Are you prepared to be interrupted to share the good news of Jesus? I wonder whether your diary is so absolutely packed full that there isn't any space in it. Do you know, I want to challenge you this week. Would you say to Jesus at the beginning of every day, Jesus, would you interrupt me today to share the good news uh, to the people that are around me? Several years ago, Archie and I went down to Glasgow on the train. No idea why we were going on the train, but we were. And uh, as we were on the train, Archie's a type 1 diabetic, and his blood sugars fell really low. And for some reason, we had no sugar with us, and, um, or anything sugary that he could have. So I started walking around the train trying to find somebody who um, had some sugar. And I found a, a lovely couple, a few seats ahead of us, and they gave me a bar of chocolate. And I took it back to Archie, gave it to him, and he was... Uh, much better after he'd eaten it. And he said to me, Jude, that couple may have saved my life, but I know that Jesus could save theirs. So he got up out of his seat, he went down, he spoke to the people, and he shared the good news of Jesus. Do you know, in that moment, Archie was making the most of an opportunity. So as we go, are we prepared to be interrupted and are we prepared to make the most of every opportunity? In Colossians 4, uh, as Paul speaks to the church, he's in prison and he says to them this. He says that I pray that you would be wise in the way towards you, the way you, you act towards outsiders and that you would make the most of every opportunity. That is my prayer. You know, there's so many times I haven't made the most of every opportunity, even this week and in many times over my life. But do you know, I want to make the most of every opportunity. And my prayer is that you would want to make the most of every opportunity too. I, uh, as I was preparing for today, I was reminded about Paul and Barnabas in Acts 13 when they had an opportunity to speak in the temple. And as a result, lots of people came to know Jesus. And not only that, uh, they were invited back the next week and the whole city came to hear about Jesus. And I felt a challenge this morning to say to you, is there something that you're putting off that means a whole city could hear about Jesus? Maybe it's that you feel the tug on your heart to go and plant a church in a city. And maybe you're putting that off or you're dragging your feet. Or maybe there's a promotion at work that means that you'd have influence over a whole load of different people that you could share Jesus with. I wonder whether that's you. But I also want to just say that although um, Jesus is saying, as you are going, make the most of every opportunity, we could say, oh, that's fine. It will just happen as it happens. But actually, no, we also need to be deliberate. So for me, working for the church, I could so easily spend loads of time with people who already know Jesus. But I make sure I carve out two very specific times in my week to make sure that I spend time with people who don't know him. So that as I'm having cups of tea with them, as I'm giggling with them, as I'm doing life with them, I can make sure that I have opportunities to share Jesus. So as we are going, how do we do that? How do we make disciples? And that's my second point. We tell people. Do you know that um, most of you will know that I was a children's pastor in this church and every year with the help of many wonderful people, we would put on holiday clubs. 
And without a doubt, every single year, I would have the most horrendous dreams the week before Holiday Club. And they would involve either one of two things. The first would be that the place was beautifully set up and no children arrived. And the second, which was much more common, was that there were hundreds of children coming into the building and none of the team knew what they were doing or they didn't turn up. And both of those things involved me having not told somebody, either the children or the team, that it was happening. Do you know, we don't want it to be like that in real life. We don't want to spend hours getting the church ready on a Sunday and realizing that there's no one to hear about the good news of Jesus. During Hub, which is the Vineyard Leaders uh, tool, this week, I heard it said that we are the only group that exists for the people who are not yet in the group. In Romans 10, verses 12 to 15, we see God's beautiful master plan for sharing the good news of Jesus with the world. And I'm going to read it to you this morning. Here we go. Romans 10. Verse 12, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's our dream, that everyone would call on the name of the Lord and be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how then can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Do you ever have a five or ten year plan? And to get to the result that you want, you have to work backwards to find out what it is that you needed to do. Well, we can take this passage and look at it like this. We can just, you know, we want people to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. So therefore, let's work backwards. Let's look at the verbs that are used. God sends his servants. We know that we're all sent. We've read that in Matthew 28. Go. As you are going, go into all nations and make disciples. His servants preach. People hear. Hearers believe. Believers call. And anyone who calls will be saved. And the only part in that that can fall down, guys, is that if we don't tell people. Because God has sent his servants. We know that when people hear, they will believe. You guys sitting at home are examples of that. And we know that not everybody that hears believes, but we do know that when some people hear, they do believe. And we know that when they call, they're saved. But we are God's plan A. We are God's plan A for sharing the good news of Jesus wherever we go. Because we need to tell people. It's interesting that if you look through the whole of Acts, you'll notice that there's not one part that we read where the gospel doesn't advance that doesn't involve somebody telling someone. Apart from maybe you could say Cornelius, who had a vision from the Lord. But even then, Peter had to go and explain that vision to him. Church, God wants to use you and me. He could do it without us, but he chooses to use us. We are his plan A. My eldest son, Sam, hello Sam, 
turned 14 this week. And for ages, we've said to him that when he turns 14, he could go down to my mum and dad's house uh, and he could go and fly on a plane as an unaccompanied adult. Slight aside, we found out as we tried to book the flights that now it's 16, not 14, which he was pretty gutted about. Um, but anyway... I, as a parent of a 14-year-old, obviously felt quite nervous about this. But I decided it was fine because what I could do is I could go all the way to security with him. I could teach him how to um, work the boards that say which gate you need to get on, go to, show him what seat number he needed to get on. And when he got off the plane, he could just follow the swarms of people uh, to baggage reclaim. And my parents would literally be with him the other side of the baggage reclaim. Uh, so I'd kind of come to terms with it in my head. But I was nervous about the bit where I nor my parents would be with him. But the incredible thing is that I know that God would have been with him. And that's my third point. He will be with you. It can feel extremely daunting sharing the good news of Jesus with the people around us. But there is a promise that we read in Matthew 28, and it says this, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We don't have to do it alone, church. But how is he with us? Because I don't know about you, but I don't see Jesus standing next to me. How is he with us? In Acts 1, when Jesus is taken up to heaven, he tells the disciples to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that when he comes, they will receive power to do what? To be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And then in Acts 2, we see when the Holy Spirit came on his disciples, what did they do? They went out onto the street and they started preaching the good news of Jesus in many different languages. And 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Incredible. And when Peter addressed the people who were making fun of them, he reminded them that in Joel, it was spoken of this last day. And it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. The Holy Spirit is for every single one of us. Not one of us is left out. I'm not suggesting that when the Holy Spirit feels you might go out and start speaking in a foreign language, although wouldn't that be awesome if that did happen? But I am suggesting that the Holy Spirit is with you as you share the good news with Jesus. And I personally have that, experienced that in terms of words of wisdom that have come into my head that I've been thinking, gosh, I never knew that I knew that, or oh, that was a good answer. And I know that it's the Holy Spirit working in me. And the Holy Spirit is available for you. That's how he is with us to the very end of the age. And it's not just that he'll be with us today. It's not just that he's going to be with you tomorrow. It's not just he's going to be with you next week or next month. He is with you always. As I was preparing for today, I was reminded of a verse that was really important to me when I was a child. And it was two verses. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, it says this. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. 
children and young people, I feel like this morning, you're probably sitting there watching with your parents thinking that this is a word for them. But no, this is a word for you too. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for you as well. It's not just for your big people so that they can receive the power to go and share the good news with the people around them. It's for you too. The Holy Spirit is a gift for you. It says that in the Bible. And he wants to give you the same power to go and share the good news with your friends as well. So do you want beautiful feet? Beautiful feet are those who bring good news. Here's how. As we're going, let us be prepared to be interrupted. Let us be prepared to make the most of every opportunity. And let's tell people about our relationship with Jesus. And let us remember that he is always with us. And here's a slight challenge that I felt like the Lord pointed out to me this week. I am so quick to tell people about what our church is doing. I am so quick to tell people all about our church. But how quick am I to tell people about Jesus? How quick am I to tell people about what Jesus is doing in my life and what he can do in their lives? And I wondered if that was a challenge for somebody else this morning. And before I close, I want to encourage you that we are in an exciting time of things starting to open up again. The doors of our houses kind of creaking open. And this is a moment where we can take the Great Commission by the horns, as it were, and we can go out into all the world and make disciples. Let's look for opportunities, church. Let's be prepared to be interrupted as we share the good news of Jesus. So I want to pray for us this morning that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we often say when we explain to the children, we say, if you were going to be given a gift, what would you do? You wouldn't keep your hands in your pockets or behind your back. You would take your hands out to receive the gift. And the Holy Spirit is a gift for each and every one of us. So I want to suggest that you just pop your hands out in front of you if you're comfortable. And I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit into your home, into wherever you are, into your heart, into your life, that you might receive power to do what? To go out and to share the good news of Jesus wherever you go. So let's just do that now. Holy Spirit, we just want to invite you this morning. We thank you for the gift that you are to us. Thank you that you promise to be with us always. And Lord, would you come in your power so that we would do what? Share the good news of Jesus wherever we go. As we're going, Lord, would you make opportunities this week, opportunities that blow our minds, opportunities that transform lives, opportunities that transform cities, opportunities that transform workplaces, opportunities that transform the playground, opportunities that transform our classrooms, opportunities that transform this society, opportunities that transform culture. Lord, would you come? Lord, we say we want to be full of whatever you've got for us. Lord, so that it would be overflowing and overspilling into wherever we go. Come, Holy Spirit.
And Lord, we just pray right now that you would put people on our hearts and minds that you want us to speak to this week. Would you drop conversations? Would you drop faces into our minds, Lord? We, we just want to share with the people you want us to share with. And Lord, we'd rather get it wrong than not do it at all. We want to we wanna be your mouthpieces. We want to be your hands and feet this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.